0: what's up homies i'm erica
1: i'm roshane jay
0: and we are so happy that you guys are hanging out with us today as we talk about the hills have eyes
2: yes yes
0: yes we're gonna be uh so we're mainly focusing on the 2006 remake but we are going to be talking about both the remake and the original, but before we hop into that too much, I did just want to give a little warning to you guys. Uh, Due to the nature of these films, we will be discussing some uh, sexual violence and sexual assault. Um, So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up if that's something that you would prefer not to hear about. Check the episode description i'm gonna put a timestamp in there so you can skip ahead if you don't want to hear us talk about that but otherwise we'll try and do our best to kind of skip over those parts as much as we possibly can but i just wanted to give my homies a heads up
1: yeah it's a a, a good idea because this is a pretty extreme movie like Mm -hmm. all things considered especially for the time period too that it came out um as far as horror movies go this is up there in terms of like the how Brutality. violent and how brutal it is yeah
0: mhm yeah oh. it's it go it, it's pretty it goes it's there a pretty it, gore it, 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 it
1: it goes there
0: yeah it's a gore fest in some well, all right, at least, places at
1: least the, t- the 2006 version is the original yes. The original is a little bit softer in terms of like the brutality of it, and that's just due to the nature of the time period and budgeting and special effects. Because I think the original mm-hmm. was a little bit more of a lower budget horror movie.
0: The original, apparently, okay, I had a bit of a hard time finding exactly what the budget was because I saw a few different things, but the the lowest it could have been was. 230,000 the highest was 700,000 okay. so less than a million for sure mm-hmm. so it was definitely considered a low budget horror
1: film yeah where in comparison the 2006 version had a 15 million dollar budget so mm-hmm. in terms of just the money to brutality ratio the 2006 had a little <laughs> bit more to pull from and mm-hmm. it definitely shows, especially because the director, Alexander Aja, is kind of known for his extreme take on horror. Um, especially with his original, like, breakout film, which was High Tension. Um, he's, he, I mean, he's also done a couple other movies, too, like people m- might know. Where, like, he did Horns, which I, like, didn't realize that was him. Um, mm-hmm. But he also did, like, Piranha 3D. He did most recently "Crawl," which um, I think that was 2019. I
2: think that so. came
1: out. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got he's got a pretty decent list of movies. He's been around the horror scene for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Also, with his um, artistic director Gregory Lavasseur, I'm hoping I'm not butchering that pronunciation too much. Um, they've been they've been appearing since "High Tension," and I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but "High Tension" was the film that got them pulled in to do this remake, right? Like that?
0: Yes. Yeah. So they were recommended because, so the original is from the mind of the great Wes Craven. He Mm -hmm. was the uh, writer and director of the original film and he produced the remake. So he wanted to be on board for it. He was recommended that them as you know, help being at the helm of the new film because of the film High Tension, and so he went and watched the film, loved it, and I believe he said that they understood what was truly scary, and so he put all of his confidence and faith in them making the remake. And I think they did a great job. I love the remake. I'm going to come out and say it. Yeah, I love. The I remake. agree. I agree. It's
1: great. I think. Um- it, you know, this movie's an interesting case because I agree. I think this was what I would consider a good remake of like an old horror film, especially after watching both movies back to back. Like, I definitely think these guys did a great job in taking an older concept and then kind of reimagining it for a fresher audience with a bigger budget and more tools at the at their disposal. Um, there were a couple there were a couple things from the original that I actually did like a little bit more even though there's a lot of like almost shot to shot similarities between the two movies. Mm-hmm. There were a couple things from the original that I would have liked to see in this remake but overall the remake as a standalone was really good I thought.
0: It is, Um. yeah, it's, they did a good job of amping up the violence and amping up the, obviously because they had a bigger budget, they were able to do a lot more with some of the sequences and they were able to do a lot more with the story while still keeping the grit and the heart of the original, in my opinion. And we're going to talk... So we're going to talk about both of the films because they're similar They're similar enough that it doesn't make sense to have two separate episodes on both of them because it's the same story. But there's ideas that they twist and do differently in the remake. And so those are the parts that will we're going to, you know, say okay, in the original they did it this way, this is how they did it in the remake, which do we like better? Um, but as far as the through line of the story, it's the same story. So, yeah. we're just going to talk about them both at the same time because it just doesn't make any sense to do them separately.
1: Yeah, true, very true. Um, so the interesting thing about this movie too is I feel like over time um the audience reaction to it may have shifted because I was checking the reviews for this movie and like currently it's got like a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I found interesting mm-hmm. um, for what I thought was like a good remake. It seems like the audience um, approval of the movie has changed throughout the years.
0: Right. Yeah. Cause a lot of the reviews that were, less favorable <laughs> to this remake came out the year they were written the year that this came out which just 2006. so i saw a lot of the bad reviews i was reading i looked up at the the year the date all of them were 2006. and I And yeah, it seems like a lot of the newer reviews kind of appreciate this more. I don't know if that's because as more horror remakes have come out and been really bad that people are looking back and going, you know what, this was actually a really good remake in comparison to some of the things that we've had. I don't know if that's like that kind of a hindsight or if more people are just discovering it and appreciating it. I mean, I
1: think so because like – I mean, we've gone through a couple remakes here on this podcast, too, and, like, a lot of them aren't very good. Like, just putting it out there is like, a lot of times these remakes are not, for one reason or another, they're not capturing the same magic that the originals did, where this one, in comparison to those, I think does a good job. Like, and I think a lot of that stems from the heart of the inception of this movie, where, I mean, they pull in the original creator to basically give his blessing to the next set of directors who are going to tackle this movie. And I think having that dynamic of, yes, I did do the original for this movie. However, I believe in these guys to do this movie. I think it added to the credibility of this remake.
0: Because I think that if Wes Craven had had a bigger budget, I almost feel like he would have done almost exactly what they did, minus little story points that, you know, he would have kept from the original. But yeah, I feel like this movie was what Wes Craven would have done if he had had a $15 million budget in 1977.
1: Uh, You know what? Agreed for, like, the most part. There's one little instance... That I think differs between the two movies that we'll get into as we Mm -hmm. get more into the plot. But overall, yes, I agree. Like, this feels like the same movie upgraded, which I, for me, that's what I want a remake of a horror movie to be. Is like, I want it to be that original movie, but with better elements that made the first movie great. Like, for me, that's Mm -hmm. the point of remaking a movie that is. 20, 30 years old, is you have 20 to 30 years of financing and technological development to assist with the horror of this movie. Like, I don't necessarily need a rehash of something that's already good, but if you can take something good and just make it better because you're giving it more tools, that I'm down for.
0: Like, I'm down right. for that. Like I said, it's kind of a divisive one. Um, A lot of people... Don't like it because they, a lot of the complaints I saw were that it's gratuitous violence, it's torture porn, it's too much. I disagree. I don't think that the violence in this is gratuitous. I think that the violence is warranted and it is violent where it needs to be and it's real and it's visceral. That's one thing about this movie to me. Everything, all of the violence has so much weight to it that it makes me feel something. everything looks painful i feel the pain of these characters and you want them to succeed and i don't feel like there's ever a moment where they're like uh sure we're just gonna be yeah sure just stab the guy who cares that's fine i feel like everything has its moment and has its place for me at least
1: yeah Uh, agreed i don't i don't agree with the notion that the violence in this movie is gratuitous Mm -hmm. i do think um one of the things that definitely stands out is um the director really put an emphasis on the realism Mm -hmm. behind the violence and the horror of this movie and like i know that was a big thing for them is they wanted all of the the violent and terrible things that the family is dealing with to feel real. And that's where they wanted to pull the horror from is the more realistic it feels or the more believable the situations are, the scarier it ultimately is. And that I definitely agree with because a lot, a lot of the things that this family is dealing with in the context of a horror movie feel very real and their adversaries feel very real I think that adds to the tension of it because this this doesn't feel like they're fighting like m- mystical creatures like Jason or or Freddy or something like that. Like it feels like they are up against a force that is malicious mm-hmm. but is realistic in its approaches to hurting them and harming them. And like especially as you get later into the movie like you really feel the damage that is being done to these characters like mm-hmm. that's the thing is like there's no wasted damage when it comes to hurting this family this family is dealing with some gruesome stuff and it shows throughout the movie and i and i love that about it i love that we're watching these characters become scarred throughout the movie and how they're dealing with these scars throughout the course of this hour and a half that we're with them.
0: Yeah, you see them be beat down and watching so then when you watch them prevail, it's so much more satisfying because mm-hmm. you've seen them get, like have to wade through the trenches to even find us like a little bit of hope. And I think that like so West Craven has a quote that's like if you're gonna have violence on film it should seem real and mm-hmm. i think that that movie succeeds in leaps and bounds and that everything seems real it's not really a jump scare kind of movie it's more of a s- slow burn creepy atmospheric thing where just the idea of it and everything that's happening to them once it starts to happen it's fast it moves fast it's vi- like. It's like a race against time. There's violence. Basically, from the moment that it starts to get violent, it's violent the rest of the way. And that, I don't know, like that reads really true to me that as soon as something bad happens, it's probably going to be a fight like through that. It's not going to be like, oh, you get relief. And then... They
1: definitely keep you in that sense of tension as soon as it starts, which the first movie does too, where like once... Once you're in it, you're in it. You know, like you're you're locked in, you're dealing with this stuff.
0: Mhm. Yeah, it's a it's a strength to both of them is it's like you don't get a lot of time to breathe and I think that's why for a lot of people it feels like it's like hit after hit after hit of gore mm-hmm. because it happens so back to back to back mm-hmm. and you don't really ever have a sense of Like, okay, now we can chill for a little bit. But I don't know. I think that that is more realistic to life. If you were put in the situation of this family, and this is speaking for both films, if you're put in the situation of this family and what happens to them, yeah, it's going to happen like that. It's going to be back to, you don't have time to be like, all right, now I get a nap and then I'm going to wake up. Yeah, there's no
1: actual time to rest in this scenario. Like once you're getting hunted, you're getting hunted. Like it's just, that is what it is.
0: Mhm. But um, I want to talk a little bit, just really quick, about um, Wes Craven and how he got the idea mm-hmm. for this movie. And then we can go ahead and jump into the plot. Oh, yeah. Norris.: So, first, what we're going to do right here is go back, way back into time. Because, back, back, back it up. Uh, we're going back to the 16th century
1: oh so, okay yeah we so when i we said way all, back yeah we pulled it all the way back okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um he got the idea for this from the tale of uh sonny bean have you ever heard of the, him
1: no i have not
0: so sonny bean is a man who Now, he's been talked about in many different – there's been, like, many different accounts and publications about him existing, but there's also no proof that he existed. So, he's kind of like a scary story, possibly a folk tale, but he could have been a real person. But – so, he's uh, living in Scotland in the 16th century, and he marries this woman – And they decide that they are going to go off off the map. Basically, they don't want to work. So they go to live in these caves. And these caves have tunnels that kind of, you know, jet off into different directions. And it's right off of, like, the the sea. So water rises up into the caves, makes it kind of hard to get into the caves. So it's very isolated for them.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So to support themselves, they needed to rob travelers who would take the like the narrow roads that connected to the different villages. They would rob the travelers. And Sonny was like, well, we can't have anybody know that we live back here. So I'm just going to kill these people that I rob.
1: Right. No witnesses. There's nobody to talk about.
0: Sonny knew what he was doing. He was smart. He was like, we're not going to have any witnesses we're going to keep it moving and I'm going to get their money. But then he was like, okay, but now what do we do with the bodies? Oh, we'll just, we'll we'll bring them back to the caves and we'll just eat them. That way we don't have to go get food from the villages and we don't have to worry about any witnesses. We don't have to worry about, you know, people finding their bodies. Problem solved.
1: Which for how murderous that is, you know what? That's pretty intuitive. I give it to him. Some survival tactics there. That's All
0: right. It's smart. Like, I'll give it to him. That is a smart idea. Like. You terrible just but smart all of your problems yeah yeah terrible <laughs> smart. so yeah so they become cannibals they you know start building a family and obviously there's nobody else there so they continue to grow their family through incest they do this for years and years and years two decades is how long they lived there killed people ate people procreated mhm so uh, by the time that they get caught there's f- <laughs> the, reportedly there's 48 of them of their family members living in the caves. Finally, they get to a day where they attack a husband and a wife and they had gotten to the point where they had figured out like almost these tactical maneuvers. they would go at as, go out as groups and they would distract people and while this person was distracted they would attack. The other person, like kind of one of those things. So one day it went wrong, and all of them ended up attacking the wife. And while they were attacking the wife, the husband was able to get away. And the, he was met along the way with another group of people. Word finally got back to the king, and they found Sonny and his family. And they so they cut off all of the men of the family. They cut off their arms and their legs and they let them bleed to death while the while the women watched and then they burned Oof. all of the women alive Oof. like witches. So Good Lord. Yeah. Good so God. that's the tale of Sonny Bean. And that is what Wes Craven had heard that story and he kind of based our family in this film off of Sonny Bean. And he also tied kind of like into Greek mythology and stuff like that. But yeah. Sonny Bean was the main, like, inspiration for this.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which, hey, I, honestly, thinking about that in reference to the original movie, too, a lot of that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah.
0: Oh, definitely. You can definitely, like, once you hear that story, you're like, oh, I see. I yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I definitely see the he
1: where he pulled that from. Um, Mm -hmm. All right, so let's kind of dive into it. And we can kind of jump back and forth between the two. Um, Mm -hmm. So one of the big differences, just right out the gate, starting with the 2006 version, is we get a different intro into this world than we get in the original film. The original film starts with us um, just on this gas station where we have the gas station worker guy, um, where he's actually talking to one of the family. Like, we get to see him. He's... Speaking with Ruby, who we find out later is with the tribe of cannibalistic inbred family, um, Mm -hmm. and we see the back and forth between them. We don't get that introduction until a little bit into the 2006 version. 2006 version starts with, it looks like, well, all right, the, the big difference... I think real quick before getting into the plot is a difference Mm -hmm. in antagonists in this movie where Mm -hmm. the original movie based on that tale is about this cannibalistic family of like inbreds that happen to be living in the desert that prey on people that travel through this area. Yeah. They're just,
0: they're like feral. They're just feral people like feral
1: people Mm -hmm. while the 2006 version takes a different spin on that. And it's actually talking about a minor town that was used for nuclear testing for nuclear bombs, and so apparently, um, instead of instead of being inbred feral people, we're now dealing with mutated people who are the byproduct of nuclear testing. Um, mm-hmm. So that's like a that's a that's a big difference, mm-hmm. um, just kind of from the get because it just gives them two different vibes. But the 2006 version we have looks like people who are kind of testing the area around the nuclear um, testing site. They're kind of testing the radiation levels, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, and then they get kind of ambushed by this guy who's just beaten and bloodied. And he's like looking for help and they don't even have a moment to breathe before they just start getting demolished by one of the yeah, mutated they get
0: guys wrecked
1: and like one of the things that got me too is like i didn't realize how brutal pickaxes were until I saw them used <laughs> in the first scene of the 2006 version, because yeah. getting getting KO'd by uh by a pickaxe does not look fun, man. That that is brutal. Like one guy takes it like straight through the dome. You see the you see the pickaxe just like. Protrudes straight through their face. I'm, I, I, I viscerally went, ugh! Like this man yeah. got wrecked. Other dude gets like stabbed through the chest and gets just like chucked around, like slammed against a rock, like over and like the the first scene in the 2006 version sets you up for what you're gonna be watching for the rest yeah. of the movie. Like, that first scene like, is brutal.
0: Oh. You're like, oh, it's going to be one of those movies. Where- <laughs> yeah. Like, you get that oh, oh, straight
1: see. out the gate. Is like, yo, this is about to be violent. This is about to be gory. Like, people are going to get messed up in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas the original kind of uh, eases you into that a little bit
0: more. Yeah. Well, and I think also, too, it's one, it's one thing to say... I know for the original, and it also ended up happening with this movie as well, is they had to be cut down because they – in the original, in the 70s, it would have been an X rating, and then now um, it's considered an NC-17. Those are like the –
2: the, the highest. worst
0: ratings. Yeah, it's the ratings that no movie wants because it limits who can come to see them. So yeah. for the original, they had to cut out some things to get down to the R, and then the same for this one. They had to cut out some things to get down to an R. Uh, for this one, now, of course, we always get an unrated version that comes out, so they have two versions of this movie. But back in the 70s, that wasn't a thing, so the director's cut version doesn't exist You only have the rated R version. So there may have been more violence that they just couldn't, weren't able to show. That's fair. Um, But yeah, they get killed and they're dragged off um, or they're driven. They're driven off, right? Yeah, he he
1: ties them up to the back of his car and kind of drives them off to we can assume go eat them. Like after we right. learn that they're cannibals, like assume that's this man went out hunting for lunch. Like he's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm coming home and I'm coming home. Stack baby. <laughs> he's
0: like the, he's like the, Version of the seven dwarves, he's like, Hi ho, like coming back with the, <laughs> with the bodies on the back of the truck.
1: Like, we good tonight, baby. Yeah, um, but all right, so that happens. So, those are the differences there. Um, but where both movies kind of converge is we get introduced to the family, our, our victim family, um, at the gas station. They're on a trip to California, it is uh, Big Bob, the dad, and Ethel. Yeah. Uh, it's their silver anniversary, I believe they call it.
0: Yes, which is 25 years.
1: Mm-hmm. So for that, they decided to take a cross-country trip to California to go see the glitz and glamour of the of the coastal state. But mm-hmm. they also thought it would be a grand idea to just travel through the desert to go see all the beautiful, beautiful imagery of the absolute <clears throat> barren desert.
0: <laughs> oh, And also... Big Bob is played by Ted Levine, which to horror fans, they're going to know him as Buffalo Bill in Silence Mm -hmm. of the Lambs. However, I most recognize him from Monk, where he played (laughs) Detective Stottlemyre. This guy's always playing a detective, I swear. He's always like... After he played Buffalo Bill, I feel like he got put into that, like, okay, now you're a police officer for the rest of your life role, but he's so good at it, because he's just so gruff, and, like,
1: yeah, he's so
0: commandeering.
1: One of the the big attributes of both these families, both original and remake, is it's supposed to be the all-American family, like, Mm -hmm. and, like, just looking at the family, too, is like, you got the Republican retired cop dad, you got the the blonde blue-eyed daughter along with like the kind of slightly rebellious son who also blonde and blue eyes in the original um but they mm-hmm. kind of veered off from that when they cast uh dan bird in the newer yeah. version then you also have a ha-
0: cinderella story from a cinderella oh story
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they also have the older sister lynn played by vanessa Shaw, and then her uh, husband, fiancé? I don't know if it's ever really established. Husband. Husband. are yeah. Okay. Uh, husband, Doug, who in the newer versions is played by Aaron Stanford. Um, yeah. And they're like more of a progressive, like Doug's a little bit more, like he's tech-savvy nerd guy who's like hip with the times. He and, uh, which is kind of interesting, um, bringing that up, is the relationship between Doug and Big Bob in both movies is actually a little different. Um,
0: it's really different yeah
1: because in the original doug and big bob even though they come from like different ideas they still kind of get along whereas in the newer version they really played up the fact that these two did not mesh
0: yeah so i noticed that as well it's like in the original he kind of rolls his eyes at doug sometimes or you know or kind of like scoffs him off but yeah it seems like they just have kind of a regular relationship where probably big bob is just kind of like oh you're the kid that married my daughter Whatever.
1: yeah Doug in the newer version is big bob's like nightmare liberal stepson where mm-hmm. he's like god damn it like you could have married any dude in the world and you married this motherfucker like that that, yeah. that that seems to be the energy behind the newer version um which I I'm kind of like 50 50 on that decision there. Um really yeah, it's it's one of those things where I like Doug eventually for me in the new version, like he I I soften up to him, but I don't really like Doug at the beginning. Um mm-hmm. He's kinda he's he kinda annoys me. I'm not gonna lie. Like Doug in the beginning of the remake is a little annoying to me. Um mm-hmm. However one of the things that's like, it, it, it's weird for me because I feel like at the beginning of the 2006 version, you might feel the same way, but like, I really don't like this family, like, at the beginning of the movie. And really? we're like, yeah, like, I, I started rooting for them halfway through, like, once they started dealing with some shit, but at the get, like, these all, like, I didn't really care. I was like, yo, man, we'll get off all these dudes. I would be fine with it.
0: I'm like, I disagree. I disagree with you okay. there. Okay. All right. Um, that This is probably one of my biggest things About the 1977 one Is that I don't care about the family I don't like Their dynamic um, I don't think it's very believable And some of the characters In So like Doug in the 1977 Version was very Forgettable to me I don't really think that they Gave him much to do Considering we follow him for the later part of the movie I he kind of had no personality. He was just mm-hmm. like you could have inserted any man with a mustache and I would have been like, "Yep, that's Doug." I didn't you know, like I wouldn't have been like uh, they wouldn't have had anything that stuck out to me. In this in this one, yes, the characters have really annoying um attributes to their personality but they just feel like a real family to me like i've known that family i've sat beside that family at a restaurant where there's like these dynamics where you're like well like they love each other but they don't always like each other yeah and i think that that rings really real to me doug is just like (laughs) yeah he's kind of annoying he's like this smarmy like you can tell that he prefers to be in the city and in the city, he kind of thinks he's big and bad, but out here he's kind of out of his element. And I don't know. I just feel like I don't like the character, but I get that character and I could see that, like see that character in real life. And I like, I like, um, I think my favorite character out of all of them. Oh, and like, I love the parents relationship. You can tell that they're still really in love with each other. And my favorite character is probably Bobby in, mm-hmm. in this film particularly. I didn't really care for him in the 1977 one. But in this film particularly, I I think that he – is just like yeah he's like that teenager who's trying to be cool with his brother-in-law he like wants to smoke cigarettes and he makes jokes to his mom that are kind of inappropriate and then but then as soon as he makes it he's like oh i'm sorry like <laughs> that yeah. was kind of weird i shouldn't have said that and like, like him and his sister like <laughs>
2: All right, I, don't know. I should.
0: I, like I should.
1: All right, I should quickly clarify that I didn't like the family in either version at the beginning. <laughs> i, don't, I don't want to throw yeah. that out there too. Is like both versions of the family, I was like, I don't really care if this Amer- Americana esque family gets butchered right now. Like, I mm-hmm. I didn't care for them that much, but I do agree that the newer family seemed much more real and fleshed out for sure. It and that could be a symptom of the style the directing style from the you know older version to the newer version or just like a testament to how good everybody's acting was in this movie because i do think all the main characters did really good with their acting
0: oh yeah they're great
1: and like these guys really know how to portray horror on screen like and that's why i said like halfway through the film i feel like i connected with the family and started to actually care about their well-being is because the terror that they were feeling felt very real and mm-hmm. even especially especially Bobby's character too like I agree like I think he really carried a lot of that emotional journey for me because you can see he's the first person to get introduced to the craziness that's happening and you can see it affect him very quickly and he, the actor does a great job in portraying that on screen, too. One difference between the beginning bit, like the introduction, to, is the the gas station worker, too. Um, there's, there's a mm-hmm. very interesting difference between the newer one and the older one. Where this one, we get a family that's on this cross-country road trip, and they're stopping to kind of fuel up and get directions. In the original movie... I felt that the gas station worker was not as malicious as he was in the newer version. Um, right. Because there's a very specific, in the newer version, you see him get like this bag with the belongings of, you can only assume the last victims of the mutated family in the desert.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so you're introduced to, the, to this idea that these people are being sent to their doom by the gas station worker. And he's fed up with doing this. He says he's done doing it. He doesn't want to do this anymore. However, as the family is getting fueled up and getting ready, um, some of the family members, specifically, I think it was Lynn, um, wanders off because one of the dogs, which they have these two dogs that are very integral to both movies, Beauty and Beast, um, which I love their names. I, I know it's
0: so cute. I love they're that just they're two twin German dogs. Shepherds. Yeah. yeah.
1: And they're definitely MVPs of both movies. And I love their incorporation into both films. Like two two of my favorite dogs. Um, I think in <laughs> movies like they 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 really are some fucking troopers in this movie. Um, top
0: ten good boys. <laughs> top ten good sure. boys
1: for yeah. sure. Beauty and Beast are on that list. Uh, but while looking for, I believe I think it's Beauty. Um, Lin stumbles into the gas station workers. This is in the newer version. He she stumbles into the gas station workers kind of area where he's holding all the. Uh, stuff from the last victims. She doesn't actually find the things, um, but she gets caught in there, and it's implied that he believes that she saw the missing people's stuff, and right. he in both versions know that the dad's a retired cop. So in the newer version, I, th- I think you get to see him decide that he's going to kill this family for his own sake. Yes because in the original version he just tells them to stay on the stay on the road don't go don't veer off into any side streets and then just keep going your direction where in the newer version he purposefully tells them to go down the route that's gonna lead them into the mutated people like
0: right yeah he sends them he's like I know a shortcut because Big Bob asks him he's like do you know of a faster way to get to California and he's yeah. like nope nope you're on the right path. But then as soon as he's about to leave, he's like, actually, mm, I do know a shortcut and sends them down the road, which I I do agree. Like in the original, you feel more sympathy, not sympathy because he still sent people to die. But you're not like he's not as much of a villain as he is in this one, because in this one, you're like, OK, you for sure could have let them go, especially because we know that Lynn didn't actually see anything. Yeah,
2: but so he doesn't know that. Nothing.
0: Right, he doesn't know that. But at the same time, I think, I think, I slightly prefer him sending them because he thinks that they saw it. Because I feel more sympathy for the care for the characters in this movie because. It wasn't their fault that they got sent that way. They just trusted this guy and he yeah. sent them there. And it's like there was nothing that they really did wrong. While as in the original, even though the guy is like,
2: you thought stay on the main road now, you hear? Stay on the main
0: road. He says that 17,000 times, Big Bob still takes the side road. And I'm like, Big Bob, you fool. You killed your yeah. family. Like, if you would have stayed on the road, you would have been fine. And yeah. it kind of was, it just kind of made me be like, ah, oh, Big Bob. yeah, kind of I, dumb. I, I,
1: <laughs> I agree. And I think that's one of those, like, subtle changes that they made in the remake that actually helped the film. Because mm-hmm. I think it was a good choice to make the family a little bit more innocent. Where, like, even if you're like me, and you didn't necessarily care for the family. Yeah, it wasn't actually their fault that they got sent down to their doom. They were at the wrong place, went into the wrong place at the wrong right. time. And ultimately, we see what happens to them later. But it, it was just such a small, small switch. Like, having giving the gas station worker a reason to want to get rid of this family. Just that little shift kind of changes the whole feel of everything that's about to happen. Mm
2: -hmm. Because
1: it it does, it adds that layer of innocence to the family. Now, Mm -hmm. moving forward, this is another instance where I think the change helped in the in progressing the narrative of the story more than it did so in the older version. Because in the older version we Are we have, talking about
0: the car crash? We're
1: talking about the car crash. Here. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. <laughs> Cause
1: the older version of the car crash to me just was so that was that was a stretch, man. It like, was that, like
0: a it felt like a con- it, like, it almost felt like something I would see on, like, I Love Lucy. Like, the way that everything happens, the timing of everything. It yeah. almost feels like it's supposed to be funny. And, yeah. then, well, and look, guys, I know. The original was a small budget. There was only so much that they could do. Wes Craven was still brand new. This was only his third movie. He even said himself that he had a hard time writing people that felt real. And, like, there, these actors... They're not, you know, they were just, they were actors in a low-budget movie. I don't expect their acting to be, like, Oscar-worthy. But I can still, I still have to talk, we still got to talk about these flaws. Yeah, yeah. My guy.
1: (laughs) And and it's one of those things that that also just, it didn't age well. And, like, the, the I do think the original Hills Have Eyes, though I still would call it a good movie, especially for when it came out. What it did during the time. Like, I do actually think The Hills Have Eyes, 1977 version, is a good movie. Mm -hmm. I'm going, you're going to hear me talk shit about it throughout the course of this podcast, specifically because we have this other version that I think does things better. Where Mm -hmm. in the car crash in the original, where like they get scared off by like a fighter jet that's like flying overhead that makes Big Bob freak out and crash the car as opposed to (laughs) having the antagonist purposefully blow out the car's tires right like one is clearly makes more sense than the other i'm just gonna throw it out it's
0: like and it's one of those things where in the original yeah so there's a fighter jet overhead that like Freaks the fuck out of all of them. Like, all of them are like, whoa. Like, like I've screaming. never heard
1: a jet before in my entire like life. Never,
0: yeah. And it's like, the way that it's cut, it keeps cutting back to the jet, and it comes cuts back to the car, and we see the fighter jet goes over. They start freaking out. Big Bob immediately starts swerving the car, which, and then he sees a bunny in the middle of the road, swerves out of the way of the bunny, mm-hmm. and then the mom, the mom throws the map up in the air. It flies in a Big Bob's face, and he can't <laughs> see through the map. That's the part that felt like a comedy. Yeah. Is like the map is in his face; he can't see anything, so he just crashes and. Into- to a rock and i'm like what it's just yeah. it's way it's just so like whoa wacky <laughs> like wacky, everything
1: now we're crashed in the desert wow yeah. i'm
0: like it's like uh, i almost expected for them to pan back to the road and there's like a banana peel in the middle of the road that their tires <laughs> slipped on because it would just felt so like slapstick almost yeah. oh and then one thing we forgot to mention is that Lynn and Doug also brought their baby with them, which is mm-hmm. baby baby Catherine? Yeah. So they have a baby with them as well. Oh, and also Lynn is played. Uh, you already said it. She's played by Vanessa Shaw, but she um, is Allison in Hocus Pocus, mm-hmm. which
2: I think is so cool. That's
1: yeah. pretty. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't even make that. Honestly, didn't even yeah. make that association. Um, but all right, so. Now we got two car crashes, which point goes to the remake because the remake (laughs) car crash made so much more sense. And Mm. I do think that's a thing throughout this entire remake is like it takes some of my issues with the first movie and actually fixes them, which I love that about the remake. We're like, yeah, the beginning bits of the original Hills Have Eyes for me is shaky. I definitely think the intro in the first movie is a little shaky And I think the newer one establishes the tone and atmosphere of the movie a lot more realistically, Mm -hmm. which ultimately helps the movie as a whole, especially for a movie that is so based on we want to make this feel as real as possible, that this could happen to any family driving out in the desert. Like, you could deal with this. Um,
0: Right. Oh, also, can I do a small M segue into... Just because uh, you said that, of course. Um, the seg, first segue, <laughs> segue. The first time that I watched this movie, um, I watched it on um, my mini portable DVD player, me and one of my best friends, because we watched it like either the year that it came out or the next year, so mm-hmm. I was probably like. I don't know, 13 or 14 or something. Um, but yeah, so we rented that movie and we chose to watch it on a road trip through oh, no. Arizona. Oh, so no. as we're driving through the desert, me and her were like, let's watch this movie. Yeah, like pop in the movie. What?
1: Why would you do that?
0: <laughs> because I didn't know that, that I had never heard of this movie before. I didn't know that the brunt of that movie is set In a desert, (laughs) there's like hills and shit all around us, and I'm watching this movie, and me and her were like, um <laughs> maybe maybe we should watch this later so we like paused the movie and then we watched the rest of it at um, like a hotel that we stayed at like once night. you were
1: safe and no longer <laughs> driving
0: yeah which I mean was still kind of scary because it was like the middle of the night we're still in the middle of Arizona staying at this hotel and we're like yeah let's finish the movie and uh, but yeah do not recommend. Don't watch this while you're driving <laughs> through the desert because it's freaking scary.
1: See, uh, I yeah. for for a long, long time listeners, um, we're starting to build a little bit of a track record with you, though, Erica. Like first we had Nightmare on Elm Street, like.
0: <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: right or no 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 it wasn't nightmare on elm street it was um it was a tooth fairy movie oh uh, darkness falls, yeah, where it was darkness I lost falls my right as you lose your tooth and now you're going yeah. on road trips watching the hills have eyes i'm not trying to call out your timing on watching these movies but <laughs> i do think you're getting to experience them in the absolute heightened level of fear they're supposed to be experienced <laughs> in
0: i know i don't know what <laughs> i was not I was not the smartest smartest (laughs) cookie when I was younger. No, you just,
1: just... you wanted to watch these movies at their extreme. It's cool. Like you wanted to feel it when it was the most (laughs) raw.
0: Yeah. I basically was like, let me just put myself in this situation and see what happens like who knows and it was like on my entire family like it was our whole family on a road trip we're uh, like basically the same situation as i mean we didn't have an rv but like we might as well have with the way that i was feeling close (laughs)
1: enough uh while we're on the topic of the desert too interesting little fun fact that the remake was actually shot in morocco as opposed to the uh deserts in the u.s um mm-hmm. specifically because alexander aja he really wanted to shoot in, in morocco um however at the time the production was a little bit against it mainly because like our ties with the country at the time were a little iffy um i know in watching one of the behind the scenes videos they talked about like they were worried about the safety of everybody on production. So they were scouting places in the States to shoot. And like they scout, I think they believe, or I believe they scouted like New Mexico, Arizona and all these places. And ultimately the deserts in each of these places were either a, I think in I have it in my notes here. Um, so New Mexico, they didn't, they couldn't shoot there because the areas that they wanted to shoot location-wise were too far away from any cities for them to, like, actively be able to go back and forth in a timely manner to actually shoot the movie. Mm. Whereas when they scouted in, and sorry, not New Mexico, Mexico, um, a lot of the deserts had too much vegetation, and they really wanted this barren, just, like, no-life-lives-here feel, and Mm. they just could not find that Within the states or Mexico, so they ultimately did get to shoot in Morocco, even though they had to jump through some hoops to get there. Which yeah. I was like, "Huh, that was an interesting that's,
0: fact." Yeah, and I mean the the setting of this movie. Obviously, it's called "The Hills Have Eyes." The setting of it is so important, and it's its own care. It's its own scary character in in and of itself, because I think that's a fear that people just have. On their own, as being stranded out in the middle of nowhere and not having any way of communicating with people, like that's a scary enough thought. Let alone possibly being hunted down by <laughs> freaking cannibals. Yeah. Oh, and and I know too when uh, Wes Craven made this, he was really inspired he was a huge fan of like toby hooper and the texas chainsaw massacre which i think came out three years before this came out and mm-hmm. so he took a lot of inspiration from him and this idea of this family that's kind of out in the middle of nowhere surviving of their own devices and like killing outsiders and um, so, yeah. so And also, this takes place in New Mexico. I can't remember if we mentioned that or not. Yeah. But at, at the moment, they're driving through New Mexico. So, yeah. So, they get in this crash. And um, Big Bob it comes out. And everyone's looking at him like, what are we going to do? And so, he says, we're going to walk. So, mm-hmm. him... He decides that him and Doug are going to walk. He tells Doug to walk about five, six miles in one direction. Big Bob is going to walk back to the gas station and get help from the gas attendant.
1: Yeah. And this is one of those ones where like, all right, so the viewer in me is like, y'all really splitting up in this scenario right now. Like this is dangerous mm-hmm scary horror movie scenario y'all gonna split up but it actually makes sense of like what else are they gonna do they're literally stranded they've got no communication they do have to do something so i do think that was a good way to put the family a little bit in a in a worse scenario. Because now, like, not only are they stranded, but they're stranded and their forces are separated. So now they're easier to get picked off one by one. And one of the cool things about the newer movie, too, is they really capture this idea that the family's being watched the entire time, which makes you very uneasy while you're watching it. Like, we always get these great, like, POV shots from who's ever the onlooker is of like, they're, they're being stalked. Like you always know that this family is being stalked by something, Mm -hmm. even if you haven't directly seen it yet.
0: And that's something that they also did in the 1977 one, but also in that version. And I haven't decided if I like this or not. (laughs) I'm still like internally trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But in the older version, we get a lot of time with the cannibals yeah. like we almost get an equal amount of time with the cannibal family as we get with our main family
1: yeah which is and, something that i i took note of too between the mm-hmm, two, mo- two movies
0: yeah it's almost equally about both families which is interesting, um, but so at this point in that family, we've already seen almost all of the cannibals. Yeah. So we know what they look like. We've heard them talk. We've heard them interact with each other. But in this version, we haven't. We get. We've gotten uh, like a glimpse, or we've heard maybe like a grunt of them. But we yeah. haven't seen. We haven't seen any of them yet. They're um, more
1: ominous figures in the yeah. newer version.
0: Yeah, you don't really ever learn any, you don't really, I mean, you learn things about them, but you never spend time with just them. Anytime we're with them, it's because they're interacting with the family or they're being spied on by the family, you know. It's never just like, okay, now we cut to the families that are the cannibals at dinner time, which is what they do in the older one. And it's interesting, but I think that that's another reason that I never felt as an. I almost felt more invested with the cannibal family than I did with our main family Mm -hmm. because we get so much time with them and we see so much of their personality compared to the main family, which i mean that was kind of cool i mean it was kind of interesting and i know that uh west craven in that original kind of wanted to dive into this idea of like they're both families and like everybody has this capability of becoming evil yeah. but like this is how this family operates and they're also a family i know that that was like a dynamic he was interested in exploring i don't know if I, I don't know if it really was as interesting to me as he wanted it to be, but it was definitely different than yeah, what that I was, was expecting.
1: Actually, that was one of the things between these two movies that I actually wished personally that the remake explored that a bit more because mm-hmm. I agree that even though I like the idea of it, the dynamic of like we're getting to spend this much time with the antagonists so that we really get to develop who they are. I thought that was really cool. However, yeah, I don't know if it played as well in the 1977 version, but yeah. in the in the newer version, we kind of scrapped that completely. And I think it takes away a little bit from some of the weight of some of the actual antagonists. One of the great things about getting to follow the villain around is you get to build a relationship with the villain, regardless of if you want to or not. Um, the 2006 version strays away from that, where now they're more these ominous figures that are just hunting down this main family. So it's very clear who the heroes of the story are, and it's clear who the villain of the story is where it's less of a tug of survival between these two families and more just this one family's trying not to get slaughtered by this other family. And, like, one, of the, I think one of the biggest things, and, like, as we get towards the end of the plot for the newer ones, like, the dad in the cannibal family plays such a huge role in the original movie, where in this one, like, unless you were paying very close attention... You might not have even known who he was in the new version, which I Mm -hmm. thought, which kind of blew me away watching the original, where where a character that had so much weight was controlling basically everything that was going on in the first movie, was kind of like a side character in the newer version. In this movie, I think not having all that time with them ups the scare factor of the people, where it's like whenever you do see them, you're fearful of them because that's how they've been established. But you know it's a it's a it's a it's a difference it's a difference of opinion and it's oh, definitely yeah. a, it's a different vibe too. It definitely sets up a different vibe for yeah. the at least tension levels too. I think it ups the tension in the newer version to not get to see too much of the villains.
0: Right, cuz we really don't know what they're capable of. We don't know what we don't really know what they look like. We don't know how strong they are because we haven't seen them. So we're yeah. like, okay, I guess we'll just wait and find out. Um
1: And the scary thing about them in the original is less that they're like these ominous, like very violent figures and more that they're these crafty, smart individuals yeah. who are actively and very um intellectually Fighting against this family, it's not just they're waiting. Mm. They're waiting for them to be alone and strike. It's like they're crafting how they're going to attack this family. They're planning it out.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, they definitely work well. Yeah, they, <laughs> they work, work as a very unit very well.
1: Which isn't uh, honestly, it's not completely lost in the new one though. Like moving forward a little bit, while we're with the family, one of the dogs runs off because the dogs have been spooked the whole time. The dogs mm-hmm. know. That someone is watching. They just got that dog sense, and I believe Beauty gets out of gets out of her mm-hmm. RV and goes on the hunt, basically to go find who's looking for him. And Bobby runs afterwards in both movies to go chase down and catch Beauty. However, while Beauty's out, she finds she finds one of the cannibals and is unfortunately, R.I.P. Beauty uh, yeah. is gutted like a goddamn fish, and um. Mm-hmm. Bobby discovers this and it's so hard. Like I've, I've, I felt for that. It's been a while since I've just felt for an animal's death, like that heavily in a movie. Cause you don't get presented with it that abruptly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's, that's Aja for you. He, he lets you see what happened to that dog. And I'm like, Oh no, not the, like, you can hurt the family, but don't hurt the pup. Like,
2: not, <laughs> not don't yeah. hurt
1: the pup. But uh, he, Bobby, finds this, gets spooked, um, is trying to run back, but ultimately uh, trips and falls and gets knocked out for a period of time. While Doug, I believe, finds a lot of the leftover like cars, cars. and yeah. just the traces of the old family. Every all the other victims that have been through this scenario, like Doug, sees this, doesn't really piece together what it is. From the get mm-hmm. and more so i actually thought it was kind of funny in both versions he thought like oh shit look at all this cool stuff that people yeah, left behind
0: he just takes stuff uh in what? both versions he picks up stuff and brings it back to the rv like look what i brought you and then this one he brings he grabs like an old dusty teddy bear out of a car to bring back to his baby i was like you better wash <laughs> and sanitize that crazy like, you
1: just better not Wait, man like,
0: what are you nuts? You're just going to pull a teddy bear out of some random car and be like, this will be put in, in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Yeah, to my kid. Yeah, I'm like, "Doug, just take a minute to think." That's what I'm but saying, yeah. man,
1: Doug, that guy got on my nerves. <laughs> but but yeah. yeah, he does that and then we get Big Bob who goes back to the gas stations. We get two little variances in how this scene plays out where i
0: just want to say this is my favorite scene like this is the scene that is the scariest to me actually in both versions this was my favorite scene but um yeah i'm just excited to talk about it yeah so
1: (laughs) we get um we'll talk about the newer version i'll kind of like stay on the newer version and if i have to go back to the original i will Mm -hmm. uh but we have Bob. He's checking through the place. It seems abandoned as far as we can tell. Um, he can't find the gas station worker anywhere. Telephones don't work. Yada, yada. Looks abandoned. He ultimately finds the last victim's items still on the desk of the gas station worker and, you know, immediately draws his weapon. Because, like, in there he's got, like, there's somebody's, like, ear is, like, yeah. sent in like a burger <laughs> container. In like a
0: go container. Yeah, yeah like they kind of like, to go it feels box.
1: like they sent it back to the guy as like a joke. Be like, yeah, look at this. Yeah, we ate him. Like, haha. Um, but he sees that, <laughs> gets mad suspicious, as he should, and he started looking for the gas station worker who is sitting in the outhouse drunk as hell. Um,
0: with a kinda, shotgun. With
1: a shotgun, kind of like drowning mm-hmm. in his sorrows. He's feeling super sad about all the people he sent to their deaths or I'm assuming just drowning in the sorrows of like I killed another family or whatnot so he just straight up offs himself Mm -hmm. uh, with a shotgun and it is a brutal they do not shy away from the gore in that one Mm -hmm. whereas he does die in the original but actually to the hands of his son his son
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs> His son comes
1: out and just snatches him out of a window. Which, which that
0: part, I will say, that part made me jump. I was not expecting that because they were right in the middle of the conversation, and
1: which um... that that one just felt like Wes Craven doing Wes Craven things. Yeah, like, Wes I know, Craven I know how to scare him, you right but... now.
0: Yeah, because yeah. So in the original, he explains, you know, Papa Jooper is my son, but he's evil. He killed my other kid, so I sent him out into the hills, and he found some lady and they started having kids and now they just live in the hills Mm
2: -hmm. and then,
0: yeah. So, and then, then in the new one, he explains that they were going to set off bombs and people didn't want to leave the town. So they all went into the mines to kind of escape, but they set off the bombs anyway and they got trapped and obviously the radiation affected them. Mm -hmm. And so they've just been kind of doing their thing. So he kills himself and this is okay. This is the part that I it's still creepy. So now Big Bob's like, oh, my God, what's going on? And he starts to hear this, like, man that's, like, whispering. He's like, Daddy. 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 And it's, like, saying it out in the darkness. And Big Bob's, like, r- he's spooked. He's, he like, turn around. super spooked. <laughs> Shooting into the dark, which, like, yeah, me too. So he's, like, trying to figure out where it's coming from. He can't figure it out. There's a car um, that is, like, uh, probably, it was probably the gas guy, the gas attendant's car. It's sitting over by the gas station. So he runs over to the car and gets in, uh, and as soon as he closes the door, he hears, Daddy. And he looks up into the rearview mirror, and he sees Papa Jupiter is sitting in the back. You can just see his eyes, and he smashes Big Bob's head into the window, mm-hmm. like, yeah. smashes the car shit out of his head like a couple times knocks him unconscious and then uh we cut and we see that uh they're they're like pulling him through the mine
1: and when he gets taken away you know that they didn't kill him initially for a reason and we find out later why they didn't just immediately off him um Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things where, like, now we've established not only is this family being hunted, but they're being hunted maliciously. They're not—they're mm-hmm. not just out to just find the quickest way to kill these guys. They're—they're they're having their sweet good old time doing this.
0: Yeah, which uh- I think plays really well. It plays really well in both of them, but I think in this one there's like a little bit of an extra layer with the fact that it was like a nuclear bomb that kind of forced them into this. Life yeah. is like they almost feel like they're getting they're, revenge against yeah, the perfect they, American family. Yeah, it's like yeah. they
1: were slighted for just living their lives out here, and now they're taking out all their vengeance on this family. Um, which leads us into kind of like the pinnacle terror part of both movies, which is the ta- the trailer attack.
0: Ooh, yeah, um, mm-hmm.
1: which this is this, this, um. This scene or collection of scenes is in both movies. And it's like the main attack on the family where Mm -hmm. they in both movies at this point, they found Bobby.
0: Bobby has been so Ruby is in both movies. She is like uh, the younger daughter in the cannibal family. And Mm -hmm. she's good. So she doesn't she is not she doesn't believe in what her family does. It seems like she doesn't really participate at all. And she kind of almost wants to break out of what's being done. So, uh, we we realize Ruby has been sitting there watching Bobby, almost kind of keeping him safe. She's like watched him the whole time that he's been unconscious. At this point, Beast has also gotten free of the trailer. Yeah. Beast also ran off, and so both of the dogs are gone. So yeah, Bobby which hears.
1: Which is I, I'm gonna quickly jump in where like it's an important thing too that Beast runs off and actually finds Beauty. So in both movies, Beast finds Beauty or I guess the leftover remains of beauty. And which is, that is one of the things I loved is that they gave this dog in the story, a reason to find revenge. Like they gave, they gave the dog a plot point because now the dog has lost his companion and the dog is pissed. And the dog will come into play later on. But the fact that they took the time just to add those that little scene in to be like, all right, this dog is on the search for vengeance along with the family who will be joining him soon is like such a cool little thing that they had in, the, yeah. in both movies.
0: He gets um, his little revenge story, which is kind of cool to yeah. watch him also get his revenge because his love has been lost.
1: Um, but yes, yeah, so the so Bobby thinks he's hearing a beast somewhere out, and he's trying to go look for him, which in the the original movie was the cannibals actually messing with him, if I recall correctly. Um, I I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure the cannibals were the ones who were kind of making dog sounds to try and lure Bobby out from the Mm -hmm. uh, RV so that they could strike Whereas I think in the newer version, we actually hear barking from uh, Beast.
0: No, it's the cannibals. Oh, it's the cannibals in the and both. One. Yeah, because oh, okay. if you, because in the in the, it's a little bit more obvious in the older one because they show you the cannibal making the noise. In mm-hmm. this one, Bobby hears barking. He runs out to like a bush, and he can't. And the barking has stopped. So as soon as he gets close to the bush, he hears like like a growling noise but if you listen the growling turns into a laugh and that's Mm. why bobby runs
1: yeah but now that bobby's away and he's the only person with a weapon the rest of the cannibals um pluto and i believe lizard are Give now me. at the are at the RV trailer, and mm-hmm. they've already they've already made made their positioning known. They're starting to break in. Um, unfortunately, both Doug and Lynn, against Bobby's wishes, are sleeping in the car. So it's leaving Brenda and Ethel alone at the mercy of these guys. And yeah, the and
0: the baby, baby, and Catherine the baby also in the RV.
1: Yeah, are all in the RV along with Pluto and Lizard, and mm-hmm. as Bobby's returning from the little from the little uh, trick that was played on him, they initiate plan barbecue Big Bob.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they burn Big Bob to a crisp,
1: like crucifix style, like on some planks, and just light that bad boy on fire.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like set him up. He's like strung up on a tree and then they set the whole thing ablaze and so and the so Pluto who is in the trailer he as like cause Bobby and Doug and Lynn are all kind of awake and up and moving so Pluto like sets off the alarm they light it up to distract the family mm-hmm. so when it goes up Bob is still alive so he's screaming everybody runs over to him and Except for Brenda, who is now caught in the trailer with Pluto and yeah, Cersei.
1: Pluto. Pluto's got her pinned down, and it's mm-hmm. sad because in both movies, um, Doug actually runs into the RV, mm-hmm. but there's a curtain between him and Brenda, so he's in there getting like a fire extinguisher and stuff. He's worried about Bob who's being burned outside, while she's literally yeah. being held down, but she can't say anything. Um, and in both times, he says to for her to look after the baby, which is just mm-hmm. such a sad little moment as he's running to go off and help Bob.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so they run over to um, Bob, who is on CGI fire. Um, But the CGI CGI doesn't look – they do this, like, really intense, quick, like, zoom in to Bob on the tree. The CGI fire does not look great, but then they switch to practical effects once they're closer, and it looks horrific, like, because they're using a real fire. Yeah. Um, So once they're closer, it looks, it looks much better. But yeah, so they're all focused on putting the fire out. And so, uh, Brenda is in the trailer and this, she, or yeah, the RV. And so she gets like sexually assaulted while she's in there. And, um, then the, they're, they're kind of like going through the trailer. They kind of are like going through their food. They're just eating stuff really fast. They, they like, eat one of the they break one of the birds necks and like drink the blood like they're just running around the trailer do, doing the most yeah. and so after like after that they put bob out and they kind of get him down from the tree now that all of that commotion is done lynn can hear brenda and the baby crying so she goes back to the trailer yeah. When sh- when she gets in there, she finds that lizard has discovered the baby and she sees, you know, Brenda is crying on bed and she hits him with a frying pan, right? Cuz mm-hmm. he like he he picks up her baby and he's like, yeah. "Ooh." And she like,
1: immediately she immediately tries to fight back, which, good on her, like, she, she's not afraid to actually do something about the scenario, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, Lizard has Bob's gun.
0: Right, Um, Which yeah. he starts
1: brandishing, and now she's kind of stuck in a position of, like, she can't really make a move because she's at gunpoint, um, up until Ethel actually heads back, and Ethel walks in on them you know at the mercy of these two mutated guys and immediately goes on the attack which again credit to both Lynn and Ethel for seeing the scenario and not initially just diverting to being helpless they're like I'm going to try and do something here
0: yeah like they both immediately are like oh I'm going up to bat for my family like yeah and and it's the same thing in both of them they as soon as like they get into the trailer all. Three of the women, they try and fight back as much as they can. Yeah. It's just that they they can't. Like there's just nothing they can do in this situation. So yeah. So um, the because uh, Lizard has the gun pointed at the baby. Um, Lynn also gets sexually assaulted, which is something that doesn't happen in the original, but does happen in this. And so yeah, Ethel comes in, tries to attack Lizard, but Pluto. Lets him know what's going on. So Lizard shoots Ethel and then Lynn or, and then he goes to try and shoot um, Brenda. But Lynn stabs him in the leg with a screwdriver. And so he shoots her point blank in the head instead. So yeah. Lynn Lynn dies right away. The mom is still alive. She got shot in the stomach and, like, flies back. Like, yeah. it's pretty in- insane. She, like, flies back and falls onto, like, the side of the RV. And then – so the gunshots alert uh, Bobby and Doug, so they book it back to the RV. Mm-hmm. By the time that they get there, they're – uh, Lizard is like dragging Brenda out, and Pluto is running away with the baby. Lizard tries to shoot Brenda, but he's out of bullets, so he tells her that he'll be back for her later. They like run off into the night, and then um, with baby Catherine, with baby Catherine, and then Bobby and Doug are finally at the RV, and so they kind of have to um, deal with all of the horrific scene that is there which uh bobby stays out and kind of like consoles brenda doug goes in sees lynn dying she has one of those like moments where she's dead no she's not she like gasps and then (laughs) like comes back to life for like two seconds and Mm -hmm. then dies where
1: like i think that was and Mm -hmm. i think they did it too with ethel Is they wanted to, again, keep as much of the realism as possible. Where, like, Mm -hmm. usually if somebody gets, like, shot directly through the head, yeah, they're dead. Um, Mm -hmm. It seems like she got shot, like, through kind of, like, the side of her head. I think they were, I think they wanted to stick to the anatomy of, like, if that were to happen to somebody, actually, the body may or may not be dead at that point. So even though, yeah, it comes across as kind of, like, this cheesy, like, oh, she's back again, now she's dead, I do think it was more of, like, a reference to what the body involuntarily does during these, like, violent acts, you know, like, just like if, like, your head gets smashed in, your body's probably, like, twitching and shit like that, like, I think they were, it was along those lines.
0: So she dies, and then he realizes – because he was not aware. He didn't see that the baby was taken. So mm-hmm. he goes over to her crib and sees that she's gone now. So um, this, is, this is basically – I mean the, the trailer attack in both movies is more or less the same as far as like the sequence of events.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: like I said, Lynn – They did add like a little bit of an extra thing with Lynn in this version, but um, the guy, the guy who plays Doug in the in this in the two thousand six remake, I think his acting in the scene is so it's so good, and like his thought process, seeing him process everything that's going on and and i mean everybody's acting in this scene is good but in the original doug his reaction when he comes in like because in the original all of the women in this scene they were doing it for me i was in it like i was like yes i feel this is real Mm -hmm. um but then doug comes in and he's just like oh Oh no like he's yeah. like it's like almost like nothing happened and I yeah. get it. Everybody it was, experiences grief differently, but, but he
1: felt it looked like he felt nothing. and like this yeah. honestly was the point in both movies where the Dougs flip-flop for me where like in the original one i I found Doug more bearable, but it was around the time of the of the trailer attack where now that our current or 2006 Doug, has the motivation to do something now. That character shift for him, um, I really enjoyed. In both movies, this is kind of like the the one time where the family feels all of it at once. It's mm-hmm. like this one instance, because the rest of the movie, for lack of anything else, is a revenge story at this point, where it's like now it's getting revenge for this terrible thing that this family's done for him, along with a rescue mission of getting the daughter back. Mm-hmm. Um but even though the characters are still going to go through some stuff in the movie at this point, the big, the big horror thing was that it's happened, it's there, it's done.
0: Right. Well, and I think too, because like Wes Craven. You know, the, the other notable movie that he did before this was The Last House on the Left. And mm-hmm. he wanted to distance himself from that movie because it was so controversial. But I think it is a very similar thing where it's like all of this horrible stuff happens all at once. And then, like, once you get through that, you can get through the rest of this movie. Like, the worst bits of it all happen right in this one moment, yeah, and it's really, really hard to get through. But then once you get through that, uh, you can, like, you will be fine. You'll be able to stomach the rest of this. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because a lot of the complaints that I see about this movie uh, have to do with this scene, mm-hmm. and obviously the two women that get assaulted. That happens, like especially Brenda's because hers is like, it's it, it's long and it's really hard to watch because yeah. she is implied to be a teenager mm-hmm. and like, it's horrific, it's scary. And that happens in both films. But it's interesting to me because I saw a lot more complaints about it in this movie rather than in the original. Yeah. And in both films, you don't, like you don't see, you, they cut away from it. Like they'll cut to maybe like a, you, I think you see like a close up of her face through the window of the RV, and then you yeah. see her in the background. Uh, but you're not focusing on them. You're watching. Like they don't. That. They
1: don't make you sit there and watch it all. But they imply enough that like you get this uneasy mm-hmm. feeling because you know what's going on. You no. Know, it,
0: yeah. And
1: it's one yeah. of those things where like it. Yes it's in both movies and you know as we progress as a society now like in 2020 right like we're getting a lot more rigid about using this motif in movies because like it's used as a tool to make a character that's already deplorable even more deplorable right it's there mm-hmm. to make you really hate a character because they're doing this monstrous thing to somebody my personal feelings about it now is like i get I get that as a tool. I understand that from a plot perspective of like trying to show a character being absolutely terrible. I do think there are other ways to do it now. And there are so many different ways to show that a character is evil or malicious or what have you. Like there, there are just so many tools that I don't think we need to default to that anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. personally, um, um, but I understand its usage in film, especially, you know, this is 2006, too. So, like, I understand its usage in film and TV up until this point. But it's something to keep in mind that there are other ways to present this idea.
0: Yeah, it's not necessary. And there are other ways to, you know, be show horrible things happening because – without that happening to her, this scene would still be horrifying. Yeah. Like, even if they just went in there and, like, were just kind of holding her hostage and going through ransacking the trailer, because they still, like, they... It'd still, still like, be they, just as the scary. Yeah. Um, and I get, like... I know why he put that in there, especially for the 70s version. Um, and it... You know, it does seem... it. It holds true for the type of characters that are, you know, doing this, especially for the, like, the guys, like Lizard, especially for that type of a character. Like, I, yeah, I, it holds true. But I don't think I would, like, I don't think it's an, it's not enough for me to be like, that was completely unnecessary. And I can't believe they put that in the movie. But I can see that it is, it is upsetting. Like, and I understand why people might see that and be like, nope this is not the movie for me. But I just think it's interesting how in the 70s one, they kind of gave it a pass for, or like, I, some reviewers, it seems like that's not an issue for them in the 70s one, but it's an issue for them now. And I guess that's maybe just because, yes, yeah, we've grown as a society. We kind of expect more. Yeah. But um, I don't know, just something, just some food for thought, something I thought was interesting. But um, yeah, so now that all of that has happened. Beast comes back in that, like, moment of relief for them when they realize that Beast is still alive. Yeah, also, not only
1: yeah, I was going to say, not only yeah, alive, say, but not Beast, only alive. Beast, while this shit was going down, Beast went hunting. Be- like oh, like yeah. I said earlier, Beast, this is a revenge story for a lot of characters, and Beast is one of those characters because mm-hmm. there is one cannibal who uh his name in the new one is goggles um but he's kind of the one that's like watching the family so that he knows how to and the the cannibals communicate via radio as well so he's the one kind of letting them know where everybody is uh beast finds homeboy and uh beast beast messes homeboy up and I like I like the new version of how Beast because in the original Beast just knocks goggles off of like a canyon. So he just falls mm-hmm. to his death and the new one Beast eats him like rips yeah. him up and then brings his arm as a tribute
0: <laughs> with the walkie talkie still in his with arm. with the
1: walkie talkie still in it, which then after such a great scene for the new one led to just a shitty decision. And this was a plot point for me where they did it okay in the first one where they now have the walkie-talkie so they can actually hear the communication between the cannibals. Where Mm -hmm. in the new one, Doug straight up talks into the walkie-talkie to the people being Mm -hmm. like, hey – why are y'all doing this? Like, bro, you got their communications and you immediately just out yourself. Like, you could you could have just <laughs> yeah. not said shit and heard everything that they were going to say for the entirety of the movie. But your eyes had to be like, why are you doing? Like, at this point, do you need to ask that question? Like, do you really yeah. need to know, like, why? They- they've done it. They're doing it's the shit to you. It's a little late,
0: Yeah. It's a little bit too late for that, Doug. I think we're past the the questions phase, the getting to know you phase. I think yeah, we're we're
1: past we're we're far past that. Uh, I believe Doug Doug and Beast are going out to go search for the baby, while Bobby and Brenda stay behind and kind of lay. They're kind of keeping home base, but while Doug's away, they're also kind of Scooby Doo, Home Alone, trapping. Mm -hmm. the uh, RV and everything for the potential return of these guys because they did say they're coming back. So they're trying to be prepared.
0: And yeah, so they're just kind of waiting it out at the moment. So Doug... Basically, is like, hey, Beast, like, lead me. You show me the way. So Beast, like, takes him through the mines and into, like, a. it's a nuke town. So it's, like, a, a fake town that the government sets up to, like, test when they're going to set off a nuclear bomb. They, like, set up mannequins and they, like, build these houses and stuff so that they can see the effects of, like, what the bomb would do to a town, like, how close, you know, it would be. Be to the bomb, etc. So yeah. it's a nuke town that and this is where cannibals it, also, live in.
1: it also varies a lot from the original mm-hmm. movie too, and on purpose they did they did this for a reason mm-hmm. because they did want to add something new to this remake. And um, Alexander and Gregory talked about how by taking this mutant like radiation route, it allowed, it gave them the ability to introduce this nuke town where the original deals with strictly the hills and the desert like that's the setting for the entire time like mm-hmm. by having them at this nuclear site it opens up this new sort of environment for Doug to have to travel through for this revenge and rescue mission where we get a little bit right. of variance in the stuff that we're seeing and you know I kind of I dug it I know a lot not yeah. a lot of people or it's kind of like a split of people who enjoyed this v- variation of the second half. But I kind of liked it more because I feel like it added to the tension. Um, it gave us something different to look at. For how scary being isolated in the desert is, it is a- seeing a lot of the same visually. So I, right. I think I, I found it visually appealing to see something different at this point in the movie. Which which second half did you prefer here? This um, one. This one. Yeah, i was <laughs> <I'm> gonna, <laughs> gonna say the that remake. too.
0: Um, because so like, I know a reason that they made Doug the way that he is in this in the remake is because they wanted him to have his straw dogs moment. Have you ever seen straw dogs?
1: No, I have not.
0: So it's a movie. I think it came out in the '70s as well. It starts and it stars Dustin Hoffman, and they remade it too. But I don't, uh, I don't remember if it's good or not. But yeah, so Dustin Hoffman uh, is like a nerdy. He's almost exactly like Doug. He's like nerdy. He's kind of smarmy. He's from the city. He goes into the country with his wife, and they get terrorized by these men who live out in the country and Dustin Hoffman has to transform from like the nerdy kind of weak character that he is into a killing machine by the end of it Mm -hmm. and so that is what Doug is based off on in this movie and I just thought there's something really satisfying about watching Doug like totally transform into this man who's willing to do whatever to save his baby, which he does in this one. Like he kills he kills like three three people in this in this version. And he kill like he gets fucked. Like he gets wrecked in this version. It's he gets destroyed. That it's
1: what's funny too is like I both absolutely love his duel with Pluto and have issues with his duel with Pluto because it's one of those it's one of those one V one scenes where Doug should have lost at least three times, like throughout the course Mm -hmm. of the fight. Like he definitely should be dead by all means um, Mm -hmm. because uh, the cannibal is more toying with him throughout a lot of it than he is actually fighting him. However, he's played so believably and the tactics that he uses um, Doug are so believable in his struggle that by the end of it, when he actually comes out the victor, you're rooting for him. And like oh, they, yeah. e- and they even make it kind of cheesy too because they they start using like the cheesiest like cowboy swell music towards the end. Like every time he actually like conquers something. I let it go because I was kind of for it. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was kind of, Like, watching him struggle his butt off to actually take these guys down and then mm. doing it, then having him standing proud with this, you know, orchestral Western music behind him. I was like, you know what... After all the shit that he's been through in the past 24 hours, I think he needs this. Like,
0: yeah. I'm okay yeah. with him
1: having the, these, these moments Just of victory.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that they were trying to go for, like, a 70s vibe with some of the music choices they make because, like, some of it feels very, like, like that to me. I would totally see that in a 70s. Like yeah. Horror yeah. movie. I could see them doing that kind of a theme song for him. But, yeah, so he has this huge fight with Pluto and he's, like... He gets his fingers cut off. He gets, like, thrown through a wall. He's He's, like covered in blood by the end of it. He's a bloody mess by the end of it. But with the help of um, Beast Ex Machina, he, like, is (laughs) able to, like, overtake Pluto and kill him. Yes. Might have gotten away with it, too. It wasn't for these blasted kids and their dogs. And so, like... And, you know, I will give him one thing about it, about all of this fighting, because after he kills Pluto, um, they give Lizard the signal to kill baby Catherine. But Ruby has taken baby Catherine um, and, like, switched uh, out a baby pig. And so she, like, runs up into the hills with baby Catherine. And so then Doug and Lizard both give chase. And so then Doug also has to fight Lizard in the end. I will, I'm will. i guessing – I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say it's like a hysterical strength adrenaline type of situation going on. I don't know how long he would survive, like
1: – All those beatings. Yeah. Like, you know,
0: like, afterwards, once his adrenaline rushes off and he, like, gets Realizes back Realizes that
1: he's only got two fingers left.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I honestly, without medical help, I don't know how long Dog would, like, live because he gets pretty messed up. But – he lives long enough to get his baby back with the help of also Ruby. because assists. She yeah. she she
1: takes the alley oop and uh, th- does the uh, lizard slam dunk on a boulder <laughs> down she below.
0: Because because uh, Doug of course thinks that he's killed Lizard, which he hasn't, and because there's a point with their when they're fighting, and Ruby's like, "Oh my boy, Doug, he ain't, he ain't about to win this fight. I got to yeah. do." So she like runs away again, but he does win the fight. So she comes back, gives him the baby, and then she looks over his shoulder, sees that lizard is getting up, and she like charges at him, pushes him off the cliff, which allows Doug to take baby Catherine back to the trailer. Which Brenda and Bobby uh, they ended up using their little Home Alone trap yeah. to well, they had explode to explode. They had the trailer. to first, which
1: was rough. They had to use their mom and uh, Lynn as kind of bait a little bit um, for uh, Papa Jupiter, who... And again, I was talking about this earlier, but at the end here when they're doing this fight against Papa Jupiter, this one was a little bit of a stretch because both of these Scooby-Doo traps are still Scooby-Doo traps. Like they are still very much so X, Y, Z for this shit to actually go down. I think the brunt of both of them though was the where they set some matches and they oiled the RV so that if he opens the door, it will explode and blow him up. Um, Ultimately, like the plan goes off it kind of works. He's not fully dead. And then Brenda gets the cathartic getting to finish him off in both movies, which I mm-hmm. liked. It was like, Brenda deserved to get to kill off w- at least one of these dudes after what yeah. she went through. Like, I'm it glad was, that they yeah. allowed her to get that kill. For me, outside of the car scene, which was great with Jupiter and Big Bob, I don't think they we spent enough time with Jupiter to really know who he was because I remember the first time I watched this movie I genuinely didn't know who he was it wasn't until I mm-hmm. watched the original to get some context of who that character actually was that I understood that he was like the father figure of all this and this one he kind of just struck me off as like the cannibal guy like that's what he just seemed like he was he was the guy mm-hmm. that loves to eat people like that that was his thing um yeah until further inspection. But yeah. both, both movies, we conquer it all. Um, we defeat the, ba- the the big bads. The difference being in the original kind of just ends after uh, Doug kills Lizard, where in the mm-hmm. newer one, because it's 2006 and we always got to have room for a remake we get the last little shot of even though they've killed off everybody there is somebody still watching so the, the hills yeah. still continue to have eyes despite yeah, everything still, that we've been through the hills
0: still have twenty twenty vision which like <laughs> I wish that they yeah I wish that they didn't do that I wish they would have just ended with them reuniting instead of panning out and seeing that they're still watching because that was so yeah. kind of silly because I also um,
1: remember not really liking the second one but that's not no, the, the second
0: one's trash.
1: that's yeah, not the, the topic of this one. But overall, what what did you think? Where where did your heart lie between watching these two movies in succession? What's kind of like your final
0: feelings? I really I mean, I love the the 2006 version. I you know, I just think that it's such a good take on the story. And it improved upon all of the things that I wish were better in the original. Because the thing in the original that is the best part to me is the story itself. They could only do so much with that story. And I don't, there's something about 70s movies that are always going to feel like really visceral and really gritty and really raw to me that that is something that. 70s horror films are always going to feel that way. I don't think that you can recreate that feeling. And there's something about that that's creepy into itself. Mm -hmm. So I do love that, you know, kind of raw, low-budget feel of the original. I think that that adds an element to it that is really interesting and is really scary on its own. But the remake just does such an amazing job elevating everything from the original one and adding its own spin and becoming something that i think is just as creepy and like yeah. is really good. So if anybody were to ask me like which one would i prefer, i'm probably going to say the remake. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, they both have their pros. They both have, like, little cons where I'm like, okay. But, yeah, I think the re- the remake is solid to me. Like, I would recommend it to anybody. Yeah. What about you?
1: Um, I definitely agree. Uh, I like the remake a lot more. Uh, I think that the 2006 Hills Have Eyes is a great movie – and watching the first one too for reference helps. It's a great way to see a good remake to me. This really was them taking a good idea, expanding on that good idea, and adding things to further push that idea to a different level where the original, though a good story, interesting take, creepy, all the above, I think it didn't have the scare factor for whatever reasons, be it budget, be it when it was made, yada, yada. It it did not have the same scare factor that the remake did. And I do think the remake by now they sacrificed something to do that. I do think they sacrificed the personification of the villains in the newer movie and replaced that more with heightening the violence and adding more fear and scare into it but it's something that i was willing to let go for the sake of having a scarier movie like the mm-hmm. the hills have eyes remake i will always fight that that is a much much scarier movie than the original um mm-hmm. Despite yeah. the fact that I did like the things that the first movie did for the amount of times we talked about this, too, is like I realized as I was watching it for this podcast, how many times I have seen this movie like it. it, It's mm-hmm. crazy to me that this had to have been maybe like the sixth or seventh time I've watched this movie and it's still like frightening and tense to sit and watch. And I think that's yeah. a tribute to the movie. It's like, I've seen it so many times. I know exactly what's going to happen. I know every single plot point. And it's still like my my heart is just racing watching Doug get sliced up by Pluto, yeah. even though I know he's going to win. Like, it's still hard to watch. And like, that's yeah. just a tribute to the directing and how they, you know, played a lot of this stuff out.
0: I love a I love a horror film where no matter how many times I watch it, I still feel something. It's not just like oh watching this yeah. again. It's like I still there's still something about it that gives me like this feeling in my stomach where I'm like, ooh. You get that, so, that
1: good scare.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that good that good scare. So yeah, that's the hills of eyes. Yeah. Um, let Which us know.
1: It's fun to watch. It was think also think it was a recommendation yeah. too. Um yes.
0: Thank you for the recommendation.
1: Yeah, this was definitely a fun one to go back to. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, guys, if you if you leave us comments about what you want us to watch, like, we, we, we read those. Those are not mm-hmm. just going into some ether of suggestions that are in a box somewhere. Like, we look at these suggestions and we, we take them to heart.
0: Go ahead and find us on our social medias. We are at homies of horror on everything. So yeah, look us up, uh, send us a message or just a comment. If you want us to watch anything in particular, you can also email us. and We are homiesofhorror at gmail.com. So yeah, let us know if you guys have anything that you want us to take a look at and Go ahead and follow us or subscribe to us so that you can be notified when our new episodes come out, which is every Monday. Please let us know if you guys have seen either one of them, both of them. What did you think? Um, Which do you prefer? I would love to hear your guys' thoughts about... The remake especially, because I definitely do think it is one that you either love it or you hate it. I haven't really seen any in-betweeners.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's one or the other.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, I think that will be it for today.
1: All right, all right.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing you guys next Monday.
1: Yep. All right, guys. We'll catch you then. Stay spooky.